Hello and welcome back to another episode of People Cooler Than Me, the podcast that brings you the stories of impossibly cool people who are out there making the most of this one life and hopefully inspiring a few of us along the way. As always, I'm MK Hurlbut, the person that most people are way, way cooler than. This week I sat down with Master Soul Cycle Instructor and uh, body positivity crusader Jenny Gaither to talk about how she turned her own struggles with body image issues into her revolutionary nonprofit organization called the Movement Foundation. Her mission and movement is to empower women to love and celebrate themselves for exactly who they are, which is a mission I think we all can get behind. Years ago, when Jenny was teaching at SoulCycle and she realized that she couldn't strip herself of a gold lame jacket during an extremely warm and vigorous Rihanna-themed class. Um, she was sort of confronted with how deep her own struggles with body image were. And she, as a leader in fitness, decided that instead of suffering in silence, she would call upon the network around her to help build a much-needed revolution in the way that women are thinking and talking and appreciating their bodies. I'm so obsessed with Jenny and with her mission. I think the impact of the Movement Foundation is so vitally important, especially in today's day and age when you know, young women are being exposed even more and more to images through social media and other uh, other outlets that sort of set an unrealistic precedent that ends up making them feel insecure and holding them back from fulfilling their full potential. Uh, the Movement Foundation, however, from their body positive curriculum specifically tailored for middle school girls to their premier Dare to Bear events that get women of all ages, shapes, and sizes moving and loving their bodies. Uh, This team is helping to build a future in which women feel empowered and confident in their own skin. And let's be honest, we need women out there feeling good, building each other up, taking over the world, and not being held back by these insane insecurities that are a product of really the way that we're socializing women in this country. So if Jenny's story sounds like one that you can relate to, or if the mission of movement speaks to your heart, I would highly recommend that you attend their annual gala, which is happening this Thursday, March 8th, 2018, from 7 to 11 p.m. at Gallery 308 at Fort Mason. There'll be badass female speakers, delicious food, cocktails, and of course, some dancing. Because if Jenny Gaither is involved, trust me, there will always be dancing. Just head to movement.com. That's M-O-V-E-M-E-A-N-T.com for details. So movement like you're meant to move. Because you are. I'll be there, and I would love to see as many of you there as possible, so definitely hit me up. Let me know if you're trying to go. Now let's get to hearing from the queen herself and the woman who is way, way cooler than me. Um, I'm so excited today because I'm with my personal hero, love of my life, Jenny Gaither. 
Thanks for chatting with me today, Jenny. I love um, you. Master, senior, or what are you, like a master instructor now at SoulCycle? I just call you my Yoda. <laughs> so, like, you've been my master instructor since, I don't even know, 2013, 2014. Um, but also, you run... What what is what is the title now of because I know Movement Foundation has kind of uh, grown into some more parts. So what are all the different like verticals that you are working with and in charge of right now? Yeah, sure. So like five years ago now, when I was living in New York City, I was battling body image issues and I had an eating disorder. I grew up dancing and. I moved to New York right out of college and um, was really trying to find a way to impact the world through fitness and movement because that's how um, I felt like I had the skill sets to make change in people. And I really felt like women in general needed support and a platform to build confidence and self-worth. So while tackling my own issues, I saw a space and really a market for building an organization that provides life-changing programs for young girls to build the self-worth and confidence at a much younger age. So I started a nonprofit called Movement Foundation. So that was the first that was the that was the first um your first foray into like, oh I'm going to start a foundation. Yes and no. So simultaneously, while deciding to create an organization for girls, I was, like I said, tackling my own issues. Um, and my biggest insecurity is, I admit, is my, what I call, hashtag belly jelly. Yeah, and, I love that term um, so much. So any of those people who can relate to the feeling of like having to take your shirt off and like rock a bikini or maybe being a little envious of all the girls that rock sports bras and like spin class, yeah. like not in like mean way, but like a, wow, that girl looks good. And I wish I felt that way. Um, but so anyways, I was tackling my own issues and my own insecurities. And I realized like, that's a really big one. Like yeah. we're like showing my belly, especially as a fitness professional, cause I've been teaching at soul cycle for eight years and I've been in the fitness industry for 15. Like, I still am not super confident in my body. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Right? Because I preach every day for everyone to feel comfortable with who they are. But like tackling that yourself and really embodying that is like a whole nother thing. So fast forward, I simultaneously challenged myself to wear a sports bra while teaching a soul cycle class. And I essentially failed. I created this Rihanna themed class where everyone wears you know, like Rihanna outfits and I wore this sparkly bra with a gold lame jacket and I essentially never took the jacket off. And if you've taken a soul cycle class or any cycling class, you know, it gets warm. Oh my God. So every costume I've ever worn in a theme ride, <laughs> I stripped off after 30 seconds. It's hot. It's so hot. And I literally thought, you know what? I'd rather pass out than take this jacket off. And that's when I was like, this is so much bigger than I really it really acknowledged. So I said, you know, to myself, if if I can't do it by myself, I wonder if I could take my jacket off and wear a sports bra in a group fitness class if all women were wearing sports bras. It would mm -hmm. be a lot less pressure. Mm -hmm. So that's where this idea of what now Movement's biggest um, charity fitness fundraiser came from is this idea that as a collective, as a community, we can tackle 
goals in a in a more powerful way and it's less scary yeah um and also it it encompasses like a much larger message of like almost everybody deals with body image issues and insecurities 100 percent. what's what's wild too about what you're talking about is as as you said you've been an instructor at cycle forever you've been in the fitness industry forever you are fit as fuck you are so strong and you're so athletic and the fact that you would even feel that way is such a huge indicator of the societal mm-hmm. pressures mm-hmm. that everybody feels, especially women. Mm-hmm. And for you to like connect those dots and be like, whoa, if I'm feeling this way, I know I'm not alone. And how can I, how can I get us all together to sort of start breaking this down any way we can? Right. I think the biggest issue is that we think we're alone. Right. And a lot of the the problems that we face as women, especially it's, we think that something's wrong with us immediately and that we are isolated in that circumstance. And a big part of starting the foundation and a big part of starting what is now called We Dare to Bear is shouting out to the world that you are not alone Mm -hmm. at all. Like literally every woman has dealt with that moment of feeling insecure in their body more times than once. Right. And whether that's your legs or your arms or it doesn't even matter um, what it is, we all kind of really relate to that experience. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it's it's a collective. So we now gather women and men across the country to participate in We Dare to Bear, which is a four event series. It's a one day festival in four different cities. And it's. In San Francisco on May 12th, which is a Saturday. Whoop, whoop. Ooh, ooh. Uh, and in on, San the, on the Marina Green. On the Marina Green. Like, you're in the sunshine. Everybody is. It's. I've been there the last few years, and it is. It's my favorite day of the year. It's so cool to see this giant group. Because how many, how many people are doing the Soul Cycle classes there? So it's a all day fitness festival. So we have offer different. Fitness classes from uh, Soul Cycle, Barry's Boot Camp, Yoga, Dance, Pilates. So we have 100 Soul Cycle bikes and we offer three different Soul Cycle classes. So that's 300 people yeah. riding outside looking at the Golden Gate Bridge. Each class has 100 to 150 people in it. There's 1,000 people there coming in and out all day. And the message of the day is self acceptance, right? We always talk about what we are not and mm. the things that we lack. And the things that we need, and the places that we need to get to, right? Instead of saying, pause, this is where I am, this is enough, I am enough at this weight, at this pant size, in this job, and as this person, like I am enough today and I should be celebrating that. Mm-hmm. So it's a celebration of who we are and the bodies that we have and what they're capable of and what they can do instead of what they are not. Yeah. So we asked everyone. And there is no pressure around it. There's no moment in the day where we're like, okay, take your shirt off. But the day is around overcoming an insecurity. And everyone has a different insecurity that day and shows up um, to challenge themselves personally. Uh, And the challenge is take off your shirt and rock our We Dare to Bear Sweaty Betty sports bra. So women of all shapes and sizes and ages uh, are running around in this amazing, bright, sweaty Betty bra um, and, and, you know, no one cares, right? One of my favorite parts about that day is the fact that 
as this is happening, there are so many young girls there too who've been brought there by a parent or a relative or um, just they are there as well. And for them to be at an event seeing this, like exposure to that at that age, seeing that like all of these women and men are gathered and everyone is so positive and loving themselves and there's no bullying, there's no making fun, there's just celebration. Like that is in that's my favorite part of the day it's like watching those little girls run around do the hip-hop class do do like (laughs) disco what is it silent disco yoga um and just seeing that like exposure to that seeing all of these women and men of different shapes and sizes different ethnicities different backgrounds all together for this cause and and being able to understand that it's a it's it's not just okay to be who you are. It's incredible to be who you are. Right. It, it's amazing. So Movement Foundation is at the forefront of changing how girls and women see themselves and that we are more than a body. And people really un- understand the We Dare to Bear event. And actually, it's probably more well-known nationally and internationally than the actual organization. So yeah. We Dare to Bear is our event charity series. So people who rally around it are actually fundraising to participate and those proceeds go to our impact channels. And Movement has two impact channels. And the reason I bring this up is because you were talking about the girls who are at the event and and the exposure that they get. And a lot of the conversation right now in, in the world universally is how do we make change? How do we empower girls at a younger age? What do we need to give them? What do we need to expose them to so that they can be the next generation of leaders? What do we? What sort of tools and resources do they need now at twelve right. or eight to be able to feel empowered to ask for the raise that they want or to step into the role as a CEO in a company? Um, so Movement Foundation has these two impact channels that goes into low-income schools, middle schools specifically, and gives girls the tools and the resources and the funding to build the self-worth and confidence through movement. Because you know the movement key is key because like I said earlier, even with my own personal experience of wearing a sports bra, I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah. I had I had to lean into my community to overcome that insecurity. So we get girls moving together because that's mm-hmm. a community aspect. And then they have these really powerful conversations. And this is during lunchtime twice a week um, around you know mindfulness, body awareness, the media, the positive influences of the media, and the negative influences of the media. Which uh, is it, that landscape looks so much different for girls growing up now than it did even for us. Oh my when gosh! We were young. Yeah, like social media was not a thing when yeah. we were kids, and I can't even. I mean, I really can't imagine being. I get terrified about the idea of like having a kid one day. Mm-hmm. About what that, what like social media and the pressures that come with that mm-hmm. would do to them. So. The fact that you guys are tackling like that medium as well mm-hmm. is is so great because I like people need these these young people need a, an outlet to be like this is really messed up or this makes me feel this way mm-hmm. and to know that they're not alone in feeling that totally I mean I'm 30 and I feel pressure every single day to be something I'm not yeah. and and I have the tools and the skill set to talk myself out of that right and some days it's literally a conversation in my head of like. That's, you know, looking through Instagram isn't the most 
beneficial thing for you right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's time to put that away and go for a walk outside and do something that's healthy for you that makes you feel good, right? And we can catch ourselves, but imagine being 12 and having the same exposure to that and not yet having the tools and the strength to step away and say, that's not real or that's not me. Right. And that's okay. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because middle school is now high school. Yeah. Kids mature so much more quickly and they have so much more exposure to the world, right? The internet is amazing and very challenging at the same time. Um, when they're on their phones all day, every day. So Again, going back to that movement piece of like getting you out of like a computer screen, an iPad and getting you in your body to really recognize who you are and base your identity off the things that you're really, really good at and the strengths that you have and not comparing yourself to other people. Right. And it's, you know, it's going back to this idea that like as women, we have so many challenges to face day to day universally and like equality is still a real big one and, and and you see as we go into middle schools that these girls the biggest issues that they're facing at school is bullying mm-hmm. they're bullying up against each other and we have to say look you know you, you've got to be on the same team you've got the whole world up against you so we gotta like rise together yeah. and rise up to together and there's enough room for all of us to be successful and happy and joyful and body positive but working against each other is just making it harder and it's making us stagnant. Um, and I think that, again, that community building piece is the most important part. And that's, I think, where we've seen the biggest transformations. So we've been around for three years now and we've been in 30 plus um, Title I middle schools here in the Bay Area. Wow. Which I is didn't wonderful. even realize it was that many. Yeah, and um, so this year our goal is to raise um, $500,000 to double that number here in San Francisco and to open middle schools, our curriculum in middle schools in New York City because we have um, a very big presence in New York as well. Uh, and then on top of that, we have an individual athletic scholarship and what we do is we have a grant on our website that girls apply to and you can be 6 to 12 years old um, and it's for low-income girls who don't have the resources yet to join a club team or a sports team it's crazy how even a sports team at school how expensive it is and how unrealistic it is for a lot of kids Um, so we give them the funding and the tools in the community to sustain that for at least a year. And we've impacted just in December in 2017 alone, we gave $25,000 worth of scholarships around the world. And so this year I'm hoping to again, double that number um, just this spring, which I know we can do. Um, so I'm excited because our gala, which like, I hate calling it a gala. I love the term. Oh God. Gala it up, girl. Is it gala or is it gala? I don't know. Some good (laughs) friends of mine threw one to benefit an LGBTQ center and they called it a gala. Oh. Like G-A-Y-L-A. And that's my favorite. That's a good cover. Yeah. That's on point. Yeah. I, yeah, so it's not this, like, stuffy sit-down dinner where it's, like, assigned seating and you feel, like, forced to talk to certain people. This is actually more of a cocktail, mix and mingle. You're with like-minded women here in the Bay Area. It's at Gallery 308 at Fort Mason on Thursday of this week, which is actually National Women's Health Day. Yep, yep. Hello. 
Um, and the night is really about educating people on what Movement Foundation does and what we've done in the past three years. I mean, in the past three years, that's because because I think a lot of people, especially here in the Bay Area, where you have such a big presence personally, mm-hmm. and so people have come to Dare to Bear for the last three years, year after year. And I think, like you said, that event is just a little bit more well known than necessarily what Movement does. Yeah, and I'm even surprised hearing these numbers. Yeah. So, to have a focus of that for the night where we get to like hear about mm-hmm. the impact that movement is actually having, I think will be really helpful in sustaining people's involvement beyond just the one day event of Jared totally, Bear. Totally, totally. And you know, what's cool is people just love the message in general and just feel like they're, you know, they connect with that. But again, like I do think it'll be next level for people to really understand that their dollars have made exponential impact not just locally, but nationally and internationally. So on Thursday night, it's going to be super fun. We've invited four rock star women to be on a panel. And the panel is basically how the rock star that you are on the yoga mat or on a cycling bike or when you hit the pavement as you're running a half marathon, that badass, that confident girl that you are is the same confidence that translates to your everyday life and the choices that you make. So the more confident you feel in yoga on a cycling bike, the more confident you're going to feel when applying for a job or in the relationships that you choose and the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So we're really drawing that correlation that, and this, there's actually a statistic, um, 90% of the women that are in C-suite roles which sadly is only like 6% of women in comparison to men. We have work to do. <laughs> we get in it. Um, we get in it. But but truly, this is a real statistic. Ninety percent of the women that are in C-suite roles have always been involved in sports. I was gonna say I I just speaking about my own personal experience. I have been in organized sports since like the time I could walk, basically, and um, I feel really lucky in that I've I've grown up sort of totally aloof to any societal pressures to like look a certain way or be a certain way Mm -hmm. as a woman as a girl and like I don't think I looked in a mirror for like 14 years (laughs) of my life I was like what's happening I don't know that's my favorite thing Uh, about you I just like didn't know but so much of that was tied into for sure like finding my value in in and from a very early age in other ways and it was like community of the sports like I loved playing sports and I loved the way like my body can move and I love being athletic more than anything I love being on a team I love yeah. being on a team yeah I loved getting to know personalities and like making people laugh and bringing them joy and their sports was just always a way to find those connections uh-huh. Uh-huh. and so I, I I learned so many of my greatest lessons even from, you know, the brief sports that I tried that didn't last very long. It was like, volleyball, what? You don't get to touch anyone? There's no contact? Bye. <laughs> but still, you, like, learn something in all of it. Um, so I think that, and it is sad because I obviously grew up, like, very privileged in, in, in my childhood. Like, joining a sports team was never an economic hardship on my family whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it now... And thinking about all of the money and and not even just money, right? Because it's like getting to games or practices and I had a parent who was always available to do that and that's not the case for kids who are growing up and and maybe have 
two parents that are working mm-hmm. minimum wage jobs at crazy hours, or they just have one parent that's working, or they, their parents aren't in the picture or anything. And so what you take for granted, like I took take the idea of AYSO soccer totally for granted as a kid. My dad was a referee. He was so involved. Mm-hmm. And bringing more of that to as many children as possible, and especially young women, is... I mean, I'm sure you've already started to see the impact even in the few years that that you've had these programs yeah, going. Yeah, absolutely. And it's totally true. We when you are so privileged, it's easy to forget like just the nuances of like being a part of something like a team and like how impactful that is. And it, it really does affect not just like who you are as a person that translation translates into your like academics and like the things that you show up for every single day. And I think that the biggest issues next to bullying in middle schools right now is accountability Mm -hmm. and you don't feel accountable when you don't feel welcome and you don't feel like you belong. Right. Because why Uh, would you show up? Belonging. Belonging. So big. Absolutely. And like that team, that sisterhood, is what we really focus on building. And when you feel like you're a part of a sisterhood that's bigger than maybe even your middle school and mm-hmm. it's part of like an like a larger movement, like you're going to be accountable to that. You're yeah. going to want to show up to that because you feel important, right? And you feel like you are a piece of it, um, which is really, really, I mean, amazing. And a lot of these girls are so funny. They're like, the way they walk and they talk about themselves and about women has really grown and has manifested into something much bigger than, you know, like, for example, they used to like kind of pick on each other and like in a joking, like what I would say, trying to be loving way. But it was like, no, like you don't talk to other women that way or you don't talk about women that way in general. And so they're just much more observant to I think their accountability as women in general and just like how they talk about themselves and how they present themselves and how they show up in the world. You're giving them the tools too to interpret what they're seeing and hearing and think critically about it and understand that maybe that's not the way like anybody should be being treated and what's a different way. And then once you once you adopt those filters and once you're able to view the world through that perspective you can't take it off so then Mm -hmm. they're gonna walk the rest of their life in in situations outside of this like like you said when they're in academics at school or when they're applying to jobs or when they're doing anything and if they feel as though they're being treated in a way that they've learned long ago is not okay to be treated they now have the tools to articulate why that's not okay and and how to change it absolutely um so just backtracking a little bit in terms of starting a like foundation is not even something that's in my brain comprehensible as a thing that I could do. I honestly, we sort of talked about this before we started recording, but like when I think about all the things you do in a day, I just get exhausted thinking about it and like have to go take a nap. But I'm just thinking about what's Jenny Yee doing today? Oh my God, I gotta go take a nap. That's too much to even think about it. <laughs> well, I'm probably taking a nap when you're taking a nap. <laughs> but what, like when you, when you wanted to kick this off and get it off the ground, like what was your first step? Because there might be somebody out here listening today who like mm-hmm. has has noticed an issue and may feel strongly about like 
they might be able to help tackle it. Like, where do you begin? That's a great question. Do you even remember? <laughs> I do. Um, again, going back to that word of like accountability, like once I realized there was such a need um, for support, women just needed support, young girls needed support. I felt like once I saw that hole, I was like, I have to, I, someone's got to do something. Yeah. Right. I think we're always like, Oh, someone else will do it. Someone else will fix mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I've always been sort of a doer. And if I see a problem, I, I if I can help, I want to, I want to be a part of that. Um, but to be truly honest, I didn't think it would grow into what it is now. It started out with like a much, a much smaller picture in my head. Um, and I think that's what made it less daunting and scary. Mm-hmm. Initially, it just kind of felt like a passion project. Well, if I could help myself, that's huge. But if I can help and influence 10 girls that are in my soul cycle class, that's even better. Right. If I can impact the entire 60 people in the class, like I feel like I'm winning. And so it was kind of just, you know, I, I was taking off little bite by little bite mm-hmm. of every single day. And eventually it just kept snowballing into something bigger because people were drawn again to the message because it's relevant and it's timely. And we are in a day and age where people are ready for change. So they were like, what do you want? What do you need? And I really leaned on people when they said that. Yep. I was like, cool. So I do need you to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you said offhandedly the other day so... that you help and I actually need you to do that. So yeah. So um, here's a follow-up. You know, all the things that I need. Um, I would just take people up on their, their offers and I really asked for help and I really asked for guidance and it's just people show up when you ask you're not going to get what you want if you don't ask for it. And as I, as the vision of the organization became clearer, I, I've always thought this, it's like, if I just leaned on everyone in my network, what could I create? And that's Mm -hmm. always been something in my mind since I moved to New York city is, you know what? I have this amazing, this wealth of people and, and knowledge and experience what like what could I create with that? And I've always wondered. That's such a powerful thought. Yeah. And so when I had this idea to start this nonprofit, I was like, well, here we go. I got my like this solid crew of people from all walks of life with all these different experiences. I'm gonna tap into every single one of them to see what I can gain from that. Not me personally, but the organization. Yeah. And um, it worked. And and like you said, when you when you ask people for help, I think I think. It, it makes me sad sometimes, but I also understand why people are sort of tentative to ask for help because mm-hmm. they feel like somehow they're being a burden on someone else. But the reality is, for the most part, generally speaking, people want to help you. Right. Like, it is it is that part of all of us, like, service toward one another touches this part of, like, our access to joy that everybody shares mm-hmm. in common. So people really want to step up and help. It just takes you making the move and asking for the help right and like identifying what you need and seeing who's out there to meet it and and I I I get I almost get so sad and distressed thinking about all the opportunities that are missed when people are too nervous or you know afraid to reach out Mm -hmm. to their networks well I think there's two things here I think that first it goes back to the confidence thing. Oh, that's just our sound mixer, Rihanna, <laughs> a.k.a. Jenny's beautiful dog who's spaz. been running around all day. Freaking spaz. Um, I think there's two things there, right? It, it really does boil down to confidence of like, 
I think that people assume like if you're asking for help, like you're an idiot or you're just not, you can't do it. You can't do it or shame on you for not knowing, but I'm sorry. Like think of like your first soul cycle class. You didn't know what you were doing. I was off the bike. And now you're teaching, right? right? So you start, everyone starts somewhere. And I think when starting this nonprofit, I was like, I don't really care. What's a 501c3? Google. (laughs) Googled it. Like, you know what I mean? I literally, I grew up dancing. I studied dance in college, kinesiology in college. I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. I had zero background. I, I never studied marketing, sales, nonprofit work. I literally had no idea what the hell I was doing, but I had no shame in that. Yeah. It's about take the shame away, take the guilt away. If you are literally starting from a blank space of like you have no idea how to get to Z from A, you have to start somewhere and you have to own the fact that you don't know how you're going to get there. And that is actually perfectly awesome. Mm. And your inexperience is going to create an even better experience, not knowing the full method on, you know, how to put the formula of how to put a nonprofit together because you're going to have to lean into resources and that's going to give you so much more wealth of information that, you know, might not have come up otherwise. Yeah. And that's so applicable in everything, not just like, oh, I want to, I want to start a nonprofit. It's like, oh, I want to pursue this type of career. Totally. I want to do this type of thing. Right. And just find people who have kind of been along that way or, and ask for help and, and see how you can get there. Well, I think that's why people get stagnant people... Um, you know, they, they get into positions where they just think that's, that's as good as it gets. Mm -hmm. And that's, you're just holding yourself back and it's totally okay not to know how to do something. That's where it's fun. And that's where it's exciting. And that's where asking people for help actually just like makes for richer relationships and larger networks and just so much growth, personal growth. Like I, you know, I'm so, so proud of what I've created with Movement Foundation and our We Dare to Bear series, but the amount of growth that I've seen in myself is, is, you know what, it, it gives me so much more confidence when looking at what's next for me, yeah. you know, and, um, it's important to look back at where you started with anything because you probably started at, at ground zero yeah. and you, crawled your way to where you are so don't forget what you have made happen in your life in order to get to where the confidence to get where you want to be next and then when the opportunity arises for you to help somebody else along the mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. remember how the help that you got and reach back and pull somebody else up oh with my you. god yeah and it's everyone has a story and I think we just need to be sharing more because the more we share, which is exactly what you're doing, and I'm so freaking proud of you. I love you on so many levels, and I'm so proud that you're doing this podcast. I think it's wonderful and giving people another platform to share and 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 really indulge in the everyday challenges that we face because it's real, right? Life is not easy by any means, no matter how confident you are, mm-hmm. no matter how figured out you think it is, it's it's hard. And when you try to do it by yourself, it's impossible. Yeah. So. Oh, amen. <laughs> I could talk to you for a million hours, I but now you have to run. Wait, so quickly though, what is sort of your vision for the future going on of like movement and what you hope to grow it into and, and sort of any other types of 
like different events you guys are thinking of doing or exposure to even more young people? Mm-hmm. So what's really fun is that our impact channels, which is the curriculum for middle school girls and the individual scholarship really tackles the preventative side of getting girls more confident and self assured at a younger age through fitness. Um, so I would love to expand those pro- programs. So we're not just in the Bay Area, we're not in just New York City, but we're nationally recognized as being in every middle school as like PE, right? It's like another, it's an ele- another elective, oh, right? Wow. So you're you're getting similar to, remember D.A.R.E.? Yeah. God, I loved D.A.R.E. I did too. It was so cool. I, I was like, too. this is so scary. Drugs are Yeah, scary. I stayed off drugs because of D.A.R.E. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I'm, I'm going to show you <laughs> Um, but like, it's similar to that where it's just part of the curriculum, yeah. right? You get to put, pick cooking class, and art it class, should be. and body positive class. And it should be. <laughs> yeah. It totally should be. Yeah. Wouldn't that be so rad? That would be awesome. I can't even imagine I having know. had that in, in school growing up. I know. I think we should have it now as adults. Yeah. Um, so that would be one of the goals to create a, a summer camp. Cause like, who doesn't love summer camp? That's body positive focused and... You, you know, can also have, like, great resources if you are struggling with body image issues or eating disorders. Dibs on being a counselor. Right? For the future of that. I know. I want to be in summer camp forever. Yeah. Best Um, jobs I ever had. Yeah. And then on the event side, so we are going to be, our event, our We Dare to Bear series is in San Francisco, like I said, on Saturday, May 12th. Um, It'll be in New York City at the last weekend of September this year. And then we're starting two new markets um, as 5K races for We Dare to Bear. And that's going to be in U, a U of I, which is my um, alma mater. Oh, yay! And uh, Nashville. The idea is scale, scaling it to more cities so that more people can be impacted and in, um, experience it themselves. Um, yeah, and I think down the road to have some sort of, since we are so tech-driven, to have some sort of app that is body positive focused um, that kids use instead of what adults should be using, which is like Instagram and yeah. Facebook, but something that's more um, takes away the pressure from on the aesthetic version and really just like gets the nuts and bolts of like who you are and connecting kids based on like-minded fun activities, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing. Oh, that's so exciting. And I'm, I'm very confident in everything that you guys go after and try to tackle. It's I've talked to you about this before, but like you never really know fully the ripple effects of of your actions mm-hmm. and like your brave choice all those years ago to be like, whoa, I'm having trouble even like teaching <laughs> a soul cycle class in my sports bra. Like that one thought and you'd be like, I'm gonna tackle this. Think of all of the people it's now impacting in the life, like the ripple effects, right? Because you don't know even like who comes to those events, what they might take with them and go expose it to their communities back home or these girls who are coming up in these curriculums and, and what they're learning and how that's going to impact them the rest of their lives. And 30 years from now, what they're going to build and one of them reached back out to you and goes, Jenny G, you don't know me, but <laughs> movement changed my life this way. And I just, I think it's such an important reminder to people to like, Follow the little, little voice in your head that's yeah. telling you that you can create change yes. because we need you. Yes. And there's no rule book for any sort of experiences or 
education or any, you don't have to have anything in your arsenal to make change. You don't need permission either. You don't need permission. Go do it. You see, you see a problem, you see a hole, go fill it, go fix it. You know, don't wait for the next person to be braver. Be brave. You can do it. You have the skill sets, you have everything you need. I love you so much. Thank you. Everybody get your tickets for the gala on Thursday night. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be a dance party too. Which is all you need. Oh yeah. Love you. Love you. to two new markets as a 5k race slash dance party band. Um, but so on the event side, the idea is scale, scaling it to more cities so that more people can be impacted and in, um, experience it themselves. Um, yeah. And I think down the road to have some sort of, since we are so tech driven to have some sort of app that is body positive focused, um, that, kids use instead of what adults should be using, which is like Instagram and yeah. Facebook, but something that's more, 